How's everybody doing? Good, 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 good. Good to see everybody. If I haven't got to meet you yet, my name is Trey Johnson. I do come to church here. Um, I'm just not here very often, uh, but we do watch online and and uh, we travel all over the, the world and uh, just very thankful to be a part of this body and we draw upon your anointing whether you realize it or not when we're not here. Um, my wife, Heather, is... Um, at, at home tonight, her and my daughter Chloe, we've just been going nonstop, and so they are staying at the house and uh, recovering and restoring. I know they're releasing their faith with us, but let's get right into the Word of God. Uh, we've been watching just the flow online and stuff of what's been happening on Wednesday nights and what, what God is wanting to do, uh, like Pastor mentioned earlier during prayer, is for this the presence of God, the anointing of God for us to take it home and during the week for it to intensify. So when we come together on Sundays, there's greater power, there's greater glory. This isn't to be left here. This, this is to go with us. This is to intensify and it is going to intensify. It is going to gain momentum as we continue to move forward into what God has for this body. Amen. So one of the things the Lord's been having me minister on is just the, the importance of praise and thanksgiving and worship. And of course, all three of them are separate, but we can bring all of them together just for the teaching's sake, for time's sake. And let's think about part of my purpose. Everywhere I go, whatever I do, whether it's uh, I'm teaching leadership in the corporate world, whether I'm rodeoing professionally, whether I'm speaking at churches is for, for people to know God and to be the best us we can be. But the only way for us to know God and to be the best us we can be has to do with the presence of God. And mankind has been trying to get back into God's presence since the Garden of Eden. And thank God that Jesus made a way for you and I to come back to that place of relationship. But with this mindset tonight, His presence makes a difference. His presence is a must. His presence, it's not good enough to play church. It's not good enough just to have a Bible that we tote around. His presence is the difference maker. Say it, His presence. His presence. Think about the people in God's word where God showed up. David said in Psalms 119 verse 164, he says, seven times a day do I praise you. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10, Daniel after the decree had been signed, he went and he kneeled down and he said three times that day he opened his windows and he gave thanks and praise to God. He had a habit of praising and thanking God and God had a habit of showing up. David had a habit of praising and thanking God and God had a habit of showing up. Abraham had a habit of praising and thanking God and God had a habit of showing up. Moses had a habit of thanking and praising God, and God had a habit of showing up. How is our habit? 
Now, you might have used to have the habit of cussing. And he did not show up. (laughs) But when we start developing the habit of praise and thanksgiving and worship, God will have the habit of showing up. How many of you want God to have a habit of showing up in your house, in your family, in your business, and everything that we're called and created to do? I want God to have a habit of showing up in our life. Psalms 22 verse 3 says that God dwells in the praises of His people. God is attracted to praise. God is attracted to worship. God is attracted to thanksgiving. Praise, worship, thanksgiving. A habit. Say it, it's my habit. Starting tonight, it is my habit. Now, look at Genesis chapter 4, and I'm just going to teach just for a little bit, and we're going to get right back to it. Genesis chapter 4, from the beginning, since man had sinned, it was just in their nature to want to reconnect to the presence of God. Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat... And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. What was he trying to do with his offering? He was trying to reconnect to the presence of God. Look at Noah. Genesis chapter 8 verse 20 through chapter 9 verse 1. And Noah built an altar to the Lord. See, an altar represents a dwelling place for God. It was a place that they would create for God to be welcome, or it was a place that they would celebrate that God had already shown up. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. This is after the water subsided and he comes out and he took of every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That sounds like the blessing that he gave him in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, doesn't it? What were they trying to do? They were trying to reconnect to the presence of God. So you had Cain and Abel, you had Noah. Remember, God is attracted to sacrifices, He's attracted to altars. Abraham. God's friend, Abraham, he was a worshiper. I mean, he built all kinds of altars where he would commune with God. Genesis 12, 7, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. We know the one of the greatest altars that we remember David making is in Genesis 22 when he made the altar and he put Isaac upon the altar. And he sacrificed his son. And the only thing that stopped him from sacrificing the promise that God had given him was the voice of God and an angel. 
Abraham was committed. Abraham was passionate about his worship to God. You think of the hunger that Cain and Abel had in the beginning. You think of the hunger that Noah had in the beginning. You think of the hunger that Abraham had for the presence of God. Why? Because they knew that the presence of God was the answer to everything that they faced in life. And they weren't even born again like you and I. Do we really believe that God's presence is the answer to everything that we face? If we do, then why don't we act like it? It is in us to connect to the presence of God. It is in us, listen to me, it is in us not to play church. Once we're born again, we're recreated on the inside. It is natural for us to say thank you. It is natural for us to lift our hands in worship. It is natural for us to praise. Just like it's natural when you stick a fish in water for that fish begin to swim. It is natural when you put a tree in the dirt, it begins to blossom and bloom. When you and I are in the presence of God, it is natural for us to say thank you. I praise you, Lord. Glory to God. David, a worshiper, a warrior, a man's man. No panty waste when it comes to David. I like when it talks about in 2 Samuel, when David restores the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel, it said he, he danced before the Lord with all of his might. I mean, you think of the warrior and the unshaped guy that David was. One translation said, every fiber of his being and his muscles rippled. <laughs> that is cutting a rug right there. But you see how, how David, he developed... Uh, a private, very important, private relationship with God. When he was out tending the sheep and he began to just love on God and God loved on him. Remember, it was his habit to say thank you. It was his habit to praise God. And, and when the lion come out and the bear came out and And what did he do? He wasn't magnifying the problem. He was magnifying his God. But it was what he did when nobody was looking that gave him the power to be one of the greatest leaders of all times. What are you doing in private? Because if we're wanting to experience the power of God publicly, it's going to have to do with what each joint supplies privately. Can somebody ease up on you and hear you saying, thank you? Praise you. I worship you. David was a worshiper and David was a warrior. Years ago when I first got saved, just on the inside, the Lord says, Trey, if you want to be a warrior in the kingdom of God, you've got to learn how to be a worshiper. Worshippers are warriors in the kingdom of God. So you had Noah who was desiring the presence of God. You had Abraham desiring the presence of God. You had David who developed a relationship with God and he experienced the presence of God to the point 
that even when David made mistakes, even when he got off in sin, he would automatically run back to the presence of God because he knew the presence of God was the answer. I can still to this day remember driving down the road, still strung out on, on drugs of, and the presence of God getting so strong in the truck. This isn't last week. I mean, this is years ago now. This is, but I, I, I knew that the presence of God was my answer. And it's the same principle today that the presence of God is the answer. It's the answer for every symptom. It's the answer for every situation. The presence of God is the answer. And you notice David even was, went into the, to the palace and he began to worship and he would play the harp and the presence of God would come. And he, and when David left, the presence of God left, but he noticed how the tormenting spirits would attach to Saul and the lack of the presence of God. Saul could not get away from the torment because the presence of God was not there until David showed up. And when David showed up, the presence showed up. David developed a relationship with the presence of God privately, which empowered him publicly. Now we talk about wanting the power all the time. We want power at our job, power in the arena, power wherever we go. Our private praise sessions position us for public power. David was a worshiper, Psalm 51. This is after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and murder and everything else. And he goes back, he points back to the presence of God. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right, persevering and steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then will I teach transgressors your way and sinners shall be converted and return to you. When his presence becomes real, religion goes out the door. When his presence become real to us, we're not satisfied with anything else. And even when David was messed up, what did he point back to? I'm going back to the presence. I know I messed up. I know I was thinking wrong. I know I did this. I know I did this. But I know things can get straightened out back in the presence of God. I can get my thinking right in the presence of God. I can get my believing right again in the presence of God. I can see God correctly again. I get my eyes off of myself and off my problem. Back in the presence of God is the answer. The presence of God is the answer. So you had Noah desiring the presence of God, Abraham desiring the presence of God, David desiring the presence of God, you and I desiring the presence of God. Look at Moses, Exodus 33, verses 12 through 16, and Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your way that I may know you progressively, become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you. 
perceiving and recognizing and understanding more strongly and clearly, and that I may find favor in your sight. And Lord, do consider that this nation is your people. And the Lord said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses said to the Lord, if your presence does not go with me, do not carry us up from here. For by what shall it be known that I and your people have found favor in your sight? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinguished, I and your people, from all the other people upon the face of the earth? Moses knew that God's presence was the difference maker. He knew it didn't do him any good to go anywhere Unless the presence of God was with him. And he goes on, you can read it on in your own time, but he goes on, God, show me your glory. Show me your goodness. And God says, you can't see my face and live. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the rock and I'm going to put my hand over you and I'm going to pass by. And whenever he passed by, he saw God's back. But he knew nobody can tell the difference between this person and that person besides the presence of God. We are God's people, and the presence of God is the difference maker. It doesn't come by us being religious. It doesn't come by our bumper stickers. It doesn't come by us carrying our Bible. All that's fine and dandy. It comes by His presence. Their desire was to reconnect with the one who made them. Their desire was to get back to that place that Adam and Eve had before they sinned in the Garden of Eden. It's the desire of every Buddhist, every Muslim. It is the desire of every Hindu. Their desire, they are looking for someone that you and I have. And we should be confident in our relationship with God that we have, I I have compassion because I know they're desiring the one who created them. But we know him. We have him. He's not out here. He's in here. He is, he's dwelling in us. Listen to Exodus 25 verses one and two and eight. Now, notice these altars, notice this, this place of sacrifice even as you track and they build the temple, all the utensils, all the from the lampstand to the showbread to everything's a type and shadow pointing to Jesus, God desiring. Listen, God desiring for his presence to be amongst his people. His desire has not weakened. Listen to Exodus 25 verses 1 and 2. And the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites that they take for me an offering. From every man who gives it willingly and ungrudgingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. Skip down to verse 8. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. He said the purpose for this offering and he goes through and he, and he talks about all the different things that they gave. And they gave it willingly and not grudgingly. He says, the reason I want them to make anything for me is because I desire to dwell in their presence. The reason for this building is not for us to have a place that we just get together and high five each other. The purpose of having church is his presence. 
I'm in all different types of denominations and believe me, you can have a building and you can have people, but no church. The difference maker is his presence. The reason we come together is for his presence. You can have a very educated staff. You can have the service time down to the second, but without God's presence, you have nothing but a building with people in it. The difference maker is, talk to me, his presence. We come here for his presence. Yes, we have our own private relationship with God, but in his house, you're going to hear things. You're going to experience things that you will not experience by yourself. God has designed his house as a dwelling place for his presence. Why do we worship his presence? Why do we praise his presence? Why do we open the word his presence? Everything points to his presence. I don't want to leave here the same way that I came. I don't want to leave here thinking the same way. I don't want to leave here believing the same way. I don't want to leave here the same way. I don't want my hunger level to be the same. I don't want my thirst to be the same. It's about his presence. And the Lord said earlier tonight, it's a springboard into his presence. A springboard into who he's called in Christ. A springboard. To go somewhere that we haven't been before. His presence is the main ingredient. Hebrews 13 verse 15. Always all the stuff you see in the tabernacle. um, It was pointing to Jesus. Hebrews 13 verse 15. It says through him therefore let us constantly and at all times offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Now, now think about it. You had Abraham, you had Noah, you had Moses, you had David. The list could go on and on. They would build these altars. They would put sacrifices on it. And he says, now because of Jesus, you know what our sacrifice is? Thank you, praise you, bless you. God is known amongst his people by our praise. What attracts God? Our praise. What attracts God? Our worship. What attracts God? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Listen to first Chronicles 28. Now I'm just going to give you some scriptures because it's very important that, that we, we, we just grab a hold of the meaning of praise. And, and praise comes from a Hebrew word, yada, and this is the meaning of it. It means to revere or worship with extent, extended hands. That's why we open our hands like this. We extend, we honor God. We're not, we're not clapping for Him all the time. We're, we're honoring Him. We're, we're worshiping Him. We're respecting Him. It means to make confessions. It means to praise. It means to give thanks. It means to be thankful it means full of thanksgiving. Yada, it means Judah. When you look in the Old Testament, Judah means praise. And you had his mother Leah, who she had one child, named him Reuben, and, and said, okay, God's seen my misery. And then she had another child, Simeon. And then she decides, instead of just naming her kids after her problems, she decides to have a praise session. And she says, I'm going to name this one Judah, which means praise. 
Listen, First Chronicles 28, verse 4. It says, however, the Lord God of Israel chose me above all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen Judah or praise. You could put praise in the word Judah. Judah means praise. He has chosen Judah praise to be the ruler and of the house of Judah praise the house of my father and among the sons of my fathers. He was pleased with me to make me king over Israel. Now out of the 12 tribes, he chose Judah. God could have chose any other tribe. He could have chose Simeon. He could have chose Benjamin. He could have chose, but he chose praise to birth King David out of. He chose praise to birth the Messiah, Jesus, out of praise. Notice he says that out of praise, I begin to rule. Out of praise. So when you hear the word Judah, I want you to think of praise. And I want you to see the connection of power and authority and dominion and going from one place to the next, from faith to faith, glory to glory. It is connected to our praise. If you want to keep being productive, let's lift our praise. Genesis 49, verses 8 through 12. This is when Jacob gathers his 12 sons. He's fixing to go pass on. He gathers his 12 sons and he starts going down the line and he starts prophesying to each one of his sons and he gets to Judah and listen to what he says. And Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Praise. You want to walk in dominion and authority and keep your hand on the neck of your enemies? He says it's going to be connected to your praise. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He bows down. He lies down as a lion, as a lion who shall rouse him. Now he's talking about from a cub lion. He says, what's going to begin to happen is as this praise matures, it's going to begin to possess the territory. As this lion matures and even becomes a lioness, nothing is going to steal, kill and destroy from its life. It's going to possess the territory that it's called to. This is what Jacob is prophesying to praise. He's saying, I need you to, you might see your praise little right now, but if you'll stay in it and you'll keep feeding it the word and you stay in the presence of God, you're going to go from a baby cub all the way to a lioness to a lion and you will possess the territory that you're called to. And he goes on to say, the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes and to him shall be the obedience of the people. Now notice when he's talking about a scepter, he's talking about rulership. He's talking about dominion. He's talking about authority. When he, he talks about the lawgiver, the scepter being between the feet, he was painting a picture of a king sitting upon his throne and the scepter being between his feet. In other words, saying, I said it, it's a done deal, and don't make me pick back up this scepter. He's saying praise has this effect. You want to walk in power? Begin to praise. You want to possess the land? You begin to praise. You want to begin to rewrite and change things? You begin to praise. How many of you have something that you need God to change? It's going to be connected to your praise. See, praise is one of the highest expressions of faith. 
I take God's promise. I take his word and I begin to worship him and thank him and praise him that he is the God that heals every manner of sickness and every manner of disease. I begin to take his word and I begin to worship and praise that he supplies all of my needs. What are you doing? You're sticking your hand around the enemy's neck and you're letting him know you poverty, you bow your knees, sickness and disease. You bow your knees. You want to begin to walk in that begin to praise and worship. Thank you, Lord. Listen to this judges 20 verse 18. I'm just going to give you some. You can write them down. I want you to go home and get it. in. then the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God to inquire of God. They said, which of us shall go up first to battle against the children of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Judah first. Praise first. He didn't say, you get Billy and the big boys. He said, you send praise first. Praise goes first. Psalms 108 verse 8. Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is my stronghold. And the defense of my head, Judah, is my scepter and my lawgiver. Judah is the instrument of authority. Judah is the instrument of power. God is attracted to our praise. God is attracted to our worship. God is attracted to our thanksgiving. There is power in your praise. Your praise is an instrument that God wants to use to change and rearrange the things that you're going through. Revelations 5, 5. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. Psalms 114, verse two, Judah became his sanctuary and Israel, his dominion. Judah sanctuary means a sacred place, a consecrated place, a dedicated place, a holy place, a sanctuary. He says God's government is in uh, Israel, but his holiness, his power, his dwelling is in praise. How is our praise? Revelation chapter 11, verse 1. You can just write it down. This is very interesting to me. I was reading the other day. And the Spirit of God told John, and he gave him a rod. He says, I want you to go to the altar, and I want you to go to the house, and I want you to measure the worshipers there. If God were to show up at your house, would it even register? In John chapter 9, he says, those who worship and hear me, Those who worship me and do my word, I will hear them. Worship. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Judah became his sanctuary. Psalms 76 verse 1. In Judah, God is known. His name is great in Israel. In praise, God is known. I want to know the character and nature of God, don't you? He says... In your praise, you're going to know me. In us praising God before we see the manifestation, we're going to know that God has been there. 
praising God for our kids before we see them come back, praising God for our finances before they show up, praising God for the healing before it ever manifests. In our praise, God is known. So I just wrote some of these down, some of the things we've just touched on so you can just hear, hear the message of praise. Let's insert some, just going to put them together where we heard Judah, we're going to put praise. In the hand of praise will be on the neck of your enemies. Praise will go first. Praise is God's authority and power. In praise, God is known. In praise is God's dwelling place. How is our praise? This changes the way that we approach God. This changes the way we approach our worship set. We're not just doing this and oh, just feeling better. And some of us sit there and just think, well, that's just not my personality. You know, I just, I just kind of feel uncomfortable. You know, there's going to be 30 minutes of silence in heaven. That's it. So you're going to have to get over yourself because that's what we're going to be doing for eternity. You, you, you think of that, I just, because in, in Revelation 7 and 8, it's talking about Jesus and he's opened the seals, open seals 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, he gets to 7 and he opens seal 7 and it says for half an hour there's silence. I don't know, it doesn't say what Jesus is thinking, it doesn't say what he's going, I mean, he was the only one, he didn't even know what was under the seals, only the Father did, and so when he opened it, it was talking about the great last judgment. So he must have been having to get his bearings about what was fixing to take place. But then after 30 minutes, let it rip, boys. Let's go. <laughs> Praise you. Thank you. God is known in my praise. Power and authority comes from our praise. Your future is birthed in your praise. You think of, he said, kings was birthed out of the tribe of praise. Our lineage, our kids' destiny, our spouse's destiny is connected to our praise. What areas do you need to praise God for? Daniel, go ahead and come on back up right now. What, what areas do you need to step back and not just look at the problem or look at the circumstance, but begin to shift your mindset and your eyes on the goodness of God, on the promise of God, on the power of God. And you begin to open your mouth. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. You begin to look to the author and developer and finish of your faith who is Jesus and begin to say, Thank you, Lord. How would I praise God if I truly had the victory? How would I praise God if my hand was on the neck of the enemy? How would I truly praise God if all my needs were already met? How would I truly praise God if the healing power of God was just running up and down my body? Come on, church, stand to our feet. How would we praise God? So, Danny, as we begin to uh, fo focus on the Lord... They're just going to lead us right in. And I'm telling you, symptoms and bodies are going to start dissipating because our power is in our praise. Authority is in our praise. So I don't know which direction you want to go, but I know we need to do some praising. <laughs> so let's enter in church. Holy Spirit, I just ask you tonight. I ask you to teach us. I ask you to show us. How to put on the garment expressive of praise tonight. 
No heaviness is welcome here. No sickness is welcome here. The healer is present. Holy Spirit, teach us how to worship. Teach us how to be thankful. Teach us how to praise God for who he is. In our praise, your heart is known. In our praise, your mind is known. In our praise, strategies and wisdom is known. We just praise you and we thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name.